Hi everyone, welcome back to the Nakama Podcast. I'm your host, Sal. I'm joined here with my co-host, Peralta. And uh, Cruz is in here, sadly. Uh-huh. And we're also joined here with our guest, X, uh, from Sacred Age Studios. If you don't know what that place is, it's uh, it's going to be opening up again pretty soon, right? Yes, uh, the 15th of October. October would be two weeks from now. We have our yeah. grand reopening party with a cosplay karaoke, a toy show, and then a 21 plus party at night. Uh-huh. I've kind of gotten to learn a little bit about you guys after we had met last time. Uh-huh. I went and checked out a bunch of your guys' podcasts <laughs> and just seeing how you guys talk to people and what you talk about. And it's cool. I mean, I I think kind of what we based Sacred Eight off of is just years and years of sitting around a table with our friends and just shooting the shit. You know what I mean? And I think so many of us do that. But coming from a smaller area, we very much have this habit of, um, what's the word, uh, tribalism. We all kind of stick to our own little circles and we don't no, really venture yeah. out much. And I think the fact that you guys are also helping to just bring people together and be like, hey, what do you like? You want to talk some shit? You want to talk some anime? Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I think that's what we need more of in this area. Yeah. I know from the three of us, she doesn't really go out of her way to talk to people. <laughs> and neither does Cruz. Cruz typically does stay in his lane. Like, he talks to people on the internet, but there's a difference between the internet and real life. Right, right, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, why don't I ask something that probably people don't really ask you? Let me know a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name's Sal. <laughs> I grew up in uh, Utah, but I was born in Salinas. Nice. I like the punching animes and the fantasy animes. We have a dog named Kevin. It's a very lost... good name for a dog. Yeah. We. Oh, yeah. You met Kevin. Yeah. He was in the backpack. Yeah. <laughs> so that's actually. That dog has a nicer house than I do. has a nicer car than I do. Shit. So his name is Kevin Jefferson. That's oh, there's his, another that, name? That's his, uh, his know, middle name. His, See, I learned something new. <laughs> See, that's what it is. And that's what, you know, the funny thing is that, that Jefferson adds like 30 points on his credit score. Like immediately I could lend that dog money. <laughs> How about yourself? Uh, it's weird. I haven't done like a what about me in almost like a year. Yeah. Um, but I'm Peralta. I am an assistant principal. Very cool. Uh, and the reason why I don't interact with people is because I interact with too many people. <laughs> In the week. I can get that. Um, and so I usually just try to stay low, not pay attention to other people. I would pretty say I'm an open book in a sense that what you see is what you get. I don't put myself out there. I don't interact just because I feel people are selfish. And I think it's the job that I do that makes me like turn off to socializing with others. But I can also fake it. So when people are like, I need you to listen to me, it's like, okay. And then I've done so many coaching PDs on conversations and paraphrasing and pausing that it's just ingrained in my head that I feel like sometimes it's fake, but it's It's getting the job done. Yeah. But Sal invited me to a podcast thing and then they just hooked me and... Yeah. I feel like I'm a part-timer, though, because I don't do it consistently. Well, you have more responsibilities, <laughs> that's for sure. Cause me and the other guy, we just clean. Well, I mean, that's that's all part of it. I mean, my uncle was the main janitor in the King City uh, School District for, fuck, 35 years. And all my best friends are teachers. A uh, few of them over in Salinas, so you may know them. But I get it. You know, like, I... I love what I do for a living. You know what I mean? I've been doing this for 20 years and I started at a very young age and people will gravitate towards me like inertia and gravity gravitate towards my ass, towards the ground. 
when I fall. And it's <laughs> it's awesome to be around a lot of people, but you, after a while, sometimes it does get a little bit hectic, and you work with children. So it's much harder because they're in that developmental stage where kids are what we call a um, cunt. And um, <laughs> when that happens... You, the, you know, it, it can wear thin. And I think that kind of, does that not like explain a lot of anime people? Like for the most part, you got a lot of introverts that don't know how to speak to each other. They can talk, but they don't know how to speak to each other. Mm -hmm. But then you go and see somebody with a shirt on or a specific character and you're like, hmm, hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What, what do you like about that? It's this small thing. And I think that's why I, I admire the podcast is because it's allowing people here to kind of get to know each other a little bit better. But cool. Mm -hmm. Well, it's nice to formally meet you. I like to know yeah. who the hell fuck I'm talking to. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we, when I met you, we didn't really talk. We were just talking about the grand reopening and mm -hmm. any ideas about what we can get adults to do to stick around. We're just like, I don't know. <laughs> It's hard because like throwing a throwing a party for adults is really hard for me. I've never drank, I've never smoked. Uh, you know, contrary to what people see visually, I've never partied once in my life. You know, my entire life has been consumed by comics and, and anime and so forth. But you know, trying to learn how to entertain adults with alcohol is even harder for me because I don't know what the fuck I don't know what people drink. You know, yeah. I, mean? I don't know what people do. But you find people like you said, cosplay cafe. Uh, Shout out to you guys for for introducing us. Um, Nitro Cycle, hopefully vegan donuts. Like all the different people in the area that are like, you know, man, hey, I'm I kind of want to hang out and I kind of want to meet people. Like I don't know how to talk to people, but I have something that helps me at least try, you mm -hmm. know. And I think when you when you meet more people in the community uh, that have a love for something, it makes it a little bit easier to kind of like appreciate it. Because not everybody that's into anime or comic books, and I will tell you that, is awesome. You know, there's yeah. a lot of toxic <laughs> stuff in it. But, um, yeah, man, we'll ask away, please. Yeah, uh, you brought up your business. What got you into doing comics and whatnot? Um, I've been into comics for most of my life, you know, as far as everything else. And I would say um, my, my dad, when I w was growing up, um, my father was much older than, I'd say, 90% of the other parents that were around. And so he grew up around the Dick Tracy era. He grew up around well, the old uh, 50s, 60s, Batman and, and all that stuff. And so I was really into this idea where for my father, who had done 40 years in prison, you know, on and off, on and off, very veterano, he was a dude that didn't want to see his second son because my first brother died when I was little. He didn't want to see his kid go down that path. So he was always like, look, this is a comic book. Read it and don't be gay. And I was like, well, why is Hummel, Hummel, why is the second one so important? You know, but like yeah. he was really big on that. And um, a little backstory in Greenfield, the church, the uh, elementary school and the library is named after my mother's mother. She was murdered brutally in the 70s and they never solved it. Oh, and so when I got into Batman, it was this thing of like, you don't need superpowers. You could change the community in this way that like my grandmother did where you could honestly just reach out to people you don't always want to talk to people you don't always want to have to go out but you see people where something in you tells you like hey what do you need man what are you doing so when i first started tattooing it was considered stupid to like anime to like comic books and mm -hmm. try to tattoo that mm -hmm. try to do that years later ironically uh, there's an awesome anime tattooer. He's uh, really well-known. His name is Cheeseburger Champion, Jose uh, Morales. He is one of my best friends and my brother, and we laugh about it now because when we were coming up, shit, almost 20 years ago, people would laugh at us because you want to you wanna tattoo a, a, what's a Groku? It's Goku. Mm -hmm. And yes, I would like to tattoo that. 
<laughs> whatever, bro. You know, and now everyone, everyone has it. Everyone yeah. jumps on that bandwagon. So um, I think well, like kind of just jumping into everything, I was a kid who had a really big, big background in just kind of, I guess, trauma that was based around things that were real in books. I gravitated towards uh, Detective Comics. I gravitated towards Dick Tracy. I gravitated towards uh, Hellblazer, John Constantine, the demon. Anything that had to do with the occult. Because my one of my aunts was like a bruja. Mm -hmm. So she was one of those where like she didn't like somebody and you saw her cooking in the kitchen that didn't smell like food. Y'all, mm -mm, I'm going that way. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it really got me into it. And then anime, I broke my leg in fourth, fifth grade. And I was stuck at home in front of a TV and Toonami had come on. And I had nothing to do but watch Tsunami. And I, you know, I grew up with like Outlaw Star, Big O, and all this stuff. And I had no idea that that was anime. I just knew it was cartoons. My cousin had uh, snuck me some stuff like Akira, uh, Bikini, mm -hmm. um, Bikini Kill, all these uh, more adult things that he was like, just don't tell your mom. And I was like, <laughs> sweet, there's boobs in here. And, um, so I, having all that kind of growing up, it was it was fun. It was really fun to look at that and be able to say like you. I, I I've always loved this band called The Descendants. Milo, their singer, was always a big prominent part of my life. Where it's like I want to be a punk rocker, but I want to be a scientist. I can be able to not like the status quo, but I don't have to be stupid. I don't have to be uneducated. Yeah. And so with comics and, and anime and all this stuff, I think what really got me into it was there was a lot of intelligent people in these shows. There was a lot of ambitious people. There was the outlaws. There was the scientists. There was all these people. But like, I love the I love the conversation that uh, Joji uh, Horimoto has about it, where he's like, for anyone that thinks they don't need an education to be in anime is an idiot. 90% of the characters that you covet are disciplined in something. So mm -hmm. if you lack discipline, then you're never going to be a character in anything. And you're like, hmm, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. So that's kind of how it started out for me. Just a kid that kind of grew up with like, all right, I had influence. And then all of a sudden, I was like, well, I broke my leg and this kind of seems cool. And then when I learned <laughs> it was anime, I was like, oh, this is even better. So, yeah. Yeah. Circling back to when you were saying that you and your brother would get make fun of for liking anime. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, like you said, it's more accepted. How do you feel about that? Because I know there's a lot of older people who <laughs> like to gatekeep where it's just like, you don't know what real anime is. I had to go through 30 torrents, uh, LimeWire, <laughs> yeah. and scroll through all of this stuff just to watch a 20, 40p <laughs> Goku episode. Right. Uh, Linkin Park, uh, Numb, uh, EXE file. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. As an adult i think i hate like passionately how many people give a shit about new people in anime i understand the piss and vinegar of a child i understand the piss and vinegar of a younger mindset of a person but like here's the thing we all wanted it to be something we wanted to see more of this we wanted it when we were younger to be able to be adaptable and when we were young, none of us had the right mindset to be humble about it. Mm -hmm. Most of us were just shy. 90% of comic book shops and tattoo shops are run by anti-social assholes that are given a little bit of power and then yeah. they have no customer service and they come off as rude. They may not mean it, but that happens. So when you get people that are lashing out at younger people for liking it, here's the thing. My best friend and I were in high school. And um, there was the cholo kids, there was the, you know, the jocks, the, the punks and all that. And we were kind of just sitting one day and we saw the Naruto kid. 
And the Naruto kid is the worst version of any anime kid, <laughs> more than anything else, especially from back in the day. And I mean it in the best way because we loved anime, but we're like, hey, man, like, do you like DBZ? Yeah. Well, what kind of DBZ? Like, I don't fucking know. I just like DBZ, fool. What the fuck you want from me? <laughs> this kid would always read, nice kid. He just had no social cues. Social cues. He walked over and he shoulder checked a Soreño. Mm-hmm on accident but he kind of like was moving through and the guy goes hey dude what the fuck like what are you doing and the kid looked at him and he goes hey i'm gonna fuck you up fool like say you're sorry and the kid puts his book away and starts doing jutsus in front of him and we were like oh no damn <laughs> I'm oh. Run, fool. and uh he got his ass whooped there was no I, there was no fucking shadow demon there was no tattoo <laughs> that could have saved his ass so short of a 13 and uh and i and i straight up just thought to myself, like, how I see those kids that were very passionate about it are usually the ones that are angry now. Mm-hmm. We need more people to be into anime and more of the younger kids that get so ostentatiously overly, like, aggressive about it. Let it go because they're going to lose their piss and vinegar. We need more anime here. And I think those who are older, like ourselves, it is annoying to see somebody be like, Pfft. I've liked anime for like two years and like, ooh, you motherfucker. <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's not healthy to be like, well, how come no one socially accepts us? And then the first time someone tries, why the fuck are you doing what I want to do? Yeah. It's, it's contradictive. Mm-hmm. So I, I, any OG that thinks that they have the right to tell somebody something else, I, I try to say like in this day and age, it, it's, it's unstoppable. It's the same reason why people are mad about She-Hulk. She-Hulk twerks her ass in front of Megan the Fox and everyone's like, this is ridiculous. But nobody cared when Star-Lord did it in front of freaking uh, Ronan the Accuser. One old white guy does it and he's like, hey man, check this out. I know you're a god and all, but check this. Nobody cared. This show that's made predominantly for people who don't care about comic books, but they want to engage with their partner. Hey, this is kind of fun. It's like Alan McBeal. Oh, it's like a, it's like more of a, a she show. Cool. How ironic. She Hulk. And they are having a good time. They're shitting on it. But most yeah. of those guys shitting on it have never read a She-Hulk comic because Savage She-Hulk and the, um, the uh, second and third volumes are all that way. They're fun. They're meant to be lighthearted. So mm-hmm. I don't take an opinion from anybody that's never truly gone through everything. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's like, no, man, fuck it. Let everybody have fun. If someone's going to be a dick about it, I hope those old school Sardinos just get bumped into and maybe they get humbled a little bit. Yeah. You know I mean? I think Metaphorically for legal reasons. <laughs> I think it also comes down that guys are just a lot more vocal about things mm-hmm. because uh, I have a couple of coworkers and they're enjoying She-Hulk. And then some of the good things I've seen are just, you know, females and other males who actually like it. But the ones that are angry are just people, like you said, that don't talk to other people and they just want to get mad to get mad. Well, may I ask... Both of you, what is your favorite anime? Or now, what is one of your top five? And what is one of your top five? And may I ask you off mic, what is one of your top five? <laughs> uh, one Piece, for sure. Okay. Mob Psycho 100, Yu Yu Hakusho, Hunter x Hunter, and... I don't know about the fifth one. The question was one out of five, but that's good. Oh, I thought you said five. <laughs> I said one out of five, but it's okay. okay yeah. Well, then for sure, One Piece. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if I have... I know ones that I go back to okay. would be Inuyasha, hey, um, Full Metal Alchemist, both, because even though the first one sucked, I still watched it. And then I enjoy One Piece as well, 
he's the comic or he's the manga reader. I was more of the watcher. Yeah. But those would be like threes I just always go back to. Even if I've already watched it, I'll still go back and rewatch it. Absolutely. What about yourself? Nice. My wife, my wife likes that show. For you being a manga reader and you being mm-hmm. a non-manga reader, does it really matter to be on the same podcast having an opinion about something, even though one may have more content than the other? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You both can share an, an observation or opinion. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 99.9% of people that consume superhero movies uh, have never picked up a comic in their life. 99.99999% of people who consume anime have never read a manga in their life. Yeah. And I think the hard thing about that is that when you get people who are passionate about something that is made for TV versus somebody who like really pours into the lore of something, arguing is going to get you nowhere because your experience, like people that are Studio Ghibli fans, their experiences is like they met Disney himself <laughs> and Jesus Christ put into one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Good for them. If that's what got them into it and made them feel where they needed to be. At the end of the day, this is a billion to trillion dollar business. It's here to make money. But the intent of what we do and what we watch is to just fucking feel good, man. We we all come from the ghetto. You know what I mean? Uh And it does not feel good when you have the trials and tribulations that anybody can truly have, especially from family, economics, social issues, whatever it may be. This is meant to make us feel better. So why spend so much time wishing we could fit in when we could be bringing people up? And mm-hmm. not just fighting each other. Well, you don't read the manga. Well, hey, dickhead, that didn't happen in the manga and that's on the show. And it's like, well, okay, well, fine. <laughs> so I, I, I totally agree that most of these people that are getting angry about these shows, they're loud because that's all they have. Mm-hmm. That's all they can do. And I think after a while, you just kind of like, like visually, you represent how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like you just, eh, it is what it is. Eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like that because when people can't take that from you, then what else do they have? You know what I mean? From what you said about the, uh, if there's a difference between anime and manga, to me, there's, I don't see like the issue. Like, uh, I'll talk to her and then some other people about certain animes, like my hero. And I'll always ask them, like, what was the last thing you saw? Because I'm always ahead and I never try to spoil things <laughs> unless something, it just slips out. But, um, for me, I prefer when the manga is different from the anime or however i don't need them to be one for one i know cruz a couple of episodes ago was like really stuck on one of the animes uh the girl from the other side has a manga but we watched the anime and he was just really really hung up how the anime switched things around and it wasn't like shot for shot yeah Yeah. and i was even telling him like i don't know why you're so hung up on it like i prefer when things when they do that for the fact that as a manga reader it catches you by surprise and it's like oh that worked a lot better doing it this way or oh it wasn't as good the other way around right but i think it's a good when they do that they don't need to be exactly the same for me well you have to think about it from a marketing standpoint if you're a writer and you're a uh, um, an animation director how fucking pissed would you be if everything you worked really hard for for five years somebody just put into 30 minutes and they're like cool don't pick up the book that would really suck (laughs) Mm -hmm. so like i get it that people want continuity in in product but like you have to have that because there are people who are like whether they claim to be dyslexic or whether they are medically dyslexic they will always gravitate towards something visual Mm -hmm. as to where somebody who is more 
tactile. They'll look at something and they'll say, man, this is really cool. I can take this on the go whenever I want. And I think they both work and having them be a little bit different from each other is really important because when they are that much different, I look at it as just extra content. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The A Same. and B side of a vinyl. If somebody cares that much, that's completely fine. But I mean, uh, again, you're not going to win that. You're going to really tell, you know, Joeji Gororo or you're going to tell uh, Kim uh, Jong-E being like, hey, man, I know you really, really love what you do, but I'm not going to pay you more. But I want to be happy. And they're going to be like, no, mm. not that. I have to ask. So what got you guys in the anime predominantly? Well, what kept you in the anime? Because I think, I mean, obviously you guys are in the anime. What kept you in the anime after all these years? Because it kind of took a huge dive mm. for like 12 years. You want to go first, Peralta? Um, so I'm a late bloomer mm-hmm. in the sense that I, my sister is the one that started watching anime when she was like four or five. And I kind of would like glance on the side, like, okay, that's cool. Okay. And I'll watch things with her when you we were young, but it wasn't like I'd watch episodes here and there. So there was never like a continuous story in my brain. Um, and then she was into Japanese. So she did her global language in Japanese uh, stuck with that she joined the partnership in Salinas the sister cities and went to Japan through there uh, then she went to college and double majored in Japanese and English literature that's cool and then that's just been her like her thing and I think she's more of a reader well she watched an anime but we didn't have like access to it so she became a reader and when i was in college i would buy her manga because she would never like all the bookstores closed in salinas let's be clear so yeah i would buy her books bring it back home she would read them and then when we you know when streaming became a thing like she got more access to it or people like her friends would be like oh i bought this i'm done with it you can have it now um so that's how she started and then I would think in college, one of my hallmates watched Cowboy Bebop. And so I was like, okay, you know, there's really not much to do on the daily in the dorm rooms. So then we ended up watching it. And I was like, all right, I can, I dig. Like, I've seen it and I'm like, okay. But then I had like a storyline. It wasn't my favorite, but it was like, all right. It was something people brought people together, kind of like what you said. Absolutely. Um. And then for me, I I took time off. Like I I just worked and did my things. And like she would come home from, you know, winter break and we would like just watch. And then I think the pandemic is what like got me like, because you're just stuck at home. So, you know, I've already watched so many things and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just watch anime because my sister had watched so many. Right. So then I would ask her, you know, what's a good one? Yeah. Um, so she started giving me those pieces. Like in Yasha, I had gaps in my series, so I ended up just rewatching it again from mm-hmm. beginning to end. I did the same thing with Full Metal, and I wanted to compare the two. So that's kind of how I started. And then again, the pandemic lasted longer than I thought it did, and so I would just continuously watch different ones weekly. And it helped because when we were distance learning, my students, who I have no facial recognition of, because they were just online at school so what we connected with because they would see my background like my room and everything and i would have figurines and stuff that's cool so kids obviously kids aren't listening
listening to you, but they're looking <laughs> in the background and they'll be like, is that a poster of blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, oh yeah. And then that brought conversation. And then all of a sudden, kids who never had anything to say or do the math, they were like in the chat like, oh, I watched this and this. Did you watch this week's episode of this? And so all of a sudden, kids who didn't have personality online had personality in my class yeah. digitally. And so they would tell me like, oh, you need to watch Hunter x Hunter. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I would watch it. And then they would ask me the next day, did you watch an episode? And, <laughs> and that brought conversation. And so those, my students actually made me more, I guess, mainstream into the new things that were happening. Because I was looking at old things. Of like, course, yeah. Um, and then when I, when we all came back, granted, they didn't remember anything I taught them. But the one thing that they remembered <laughs> were the conversations. Yeah, were the conversations that we had and they were like, did you finish, you know, um, The Promised Neverland? And I'm like, no. Oh, wow. And then I was just like, I'm sorry I didn't finish it. And then like, well, don't worry. Like the second season sucks. Like they were already, they They're knew engaged. things. Yeah. yeah. yeah Again, my... not for the reasons that I wanted them to be, but it made them do work. Yeah. And so. They trust you more too. Yeah. my best friend, my oldest best friend, we've been best friends since we were in preschool. He literally gets pops here, that cheap bastard. Um, from to give to his students because he has a lot of problematic kids sometimes. They're not bad kids. Their situations at home are, are yeah. bad. And uh, for anybody that's listening, that's also, uh, this has nothing to do with the Nakayama podcast. This is straight off of Brushes of Doom and Sacred Eight. Some of y'all parents suck, dude. Learn how to teach your kids <laughs> uh, some fucking manners and how to read. Also to wipe their ass. And um, he, he'll he take pops because these kids are so shut off from adults. They, they don't see us as, as humans where mm -hmm. we can look at each other here and be like, we're still kids. We're just kids with more responsibility now. Yeah. And money. And money. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm broke, but in a cool way. Um, but I mean, uh, we like the pops or, or that way that like even the podcast, it's easy, it's easy for, for these kids to listen to this and be like, they like what I like. Mm -hmm. the, and it sucks to hear, but it's like those old people do it. It's like old punch you in the mouth, <laughs> motherfucker. But it's that thing of it's so true because that is a, a tie point that even if they're not doing what they're supposed to, at least they absolutely would be like, "Hey, I'm kind of fucking up. Can I talk to you?" Yeah, they know how to have that. So, how about yourself? Uh, How'd you stay in anime? Uh, I dropped it off for a while. I started with uh, Toonami before that. It's funny because when I asked her to be on the show and she said, yeah, and I was telling some of the other coworkers, like, oh, yeah, Pralt is going to be on. And all of them were like, Pralt to watch his anime? She likes <laughs> anime? And I was like, yeah. So, like, even still to this day when I tell them, like, yeah, she's the third co-host. And she's like, she still watches anime? And she's like, I don't know what part of, yeah, don't you understand? <laughs> but it catches a lot of people off guard for the fact that she's very straight face. And some of the coworkers that I talk to like that about Peralta where they'll be like, hey, can I go do this? She'll be like, no, fuck off. While some <laughs> of the others, they're like, uh, maybe, we'll see. And instead of getting like a straight yeah, yes or no, yeah. Peralta will just tell you yes or no. <laughs> can I go to the nurse? My stomach hurts. No, fuck off. <laughs> that, I don't say that for but I do tell them no because I'm like, why? I, I ask why and they're like, I just, I just have to. And I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> So, uh, so, like you, I started with Tanami. Mm -hmm. uh, I watched Dragon Ball. I watched Zatch Bell. Bo, 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 bo. Yeah. And then after a while, I just stopped watching anime. <laughs> Why are you laughing? 
She loves the way you say it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I stopped watching uh, anime because I was too busy playing Xbox. So all my free time was to towards that. Priorities. And then um, one of my friends was like, you should read One Piece or you should watch One Piece. And I was like, I guess. And then <laughs> from that point on, this was years ago. I can't even recall. But ever since then, that's one of the shows that I've always kept up with is One Piece because it's so long and it's the only one that's actually kept my attention the entire time. That's cool. Like, I've never been like, oh, there's a, another episode. I'll, I'll skip it. I've always been one, like, week to week. You want to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I, I Outlaw Star, um, of course, in Yuasha, uh, Samurai Champloo, Afro Samurai, mm-hmm. freaking Vampire Hunter D. I was always really big into like cosmic horror as well. Like horror is my thing. I, I slice of life until I met my wife. I could appreciate the art of it. I could not watch it for the life of me because it was just boring. Uh-huh. Comedy, I absolutely hated. And nothing in my life was funny besides the bullshit I got into. And I was like, I don't give a shit about this. But anime had this great way of making you laugh. Like when my wife and I first got together, uh, she had me watch One Punch Man. And I fucking loved it. Because it was a parody of everything. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I dig this. And she goes, okay, well, let's look up something else. And she went to some website. And it was uh, like the second episode had barely dropped of My Hero Academia. And we're like, oh, well, I guess we'll try this. And it really started opening up my palate. Before uh-huh. that, when I was a kid, I would lay there listening to the outro of Outlaw Star being like, oh, my God. And um, <laughs> there I was. And it, I only know the date specifically because I found it on um, TikTok recently. March 14th. Uh, 2001 was Toonami's concert night, which had Daft Punk and Gorillaz. And I am a huge Gorillaz uh, fan from the lore to the music, especially because of Jamie Hewlett's one of my favorite artists. Even uh, when, when Damien, the singer, was still in Blur, I, I recognized the voice. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Daft Punk, I'd always, I had gotten lucky enough to know about them from one of my cousins. And so it was just interesting that you'd go from like Big O. You know, big O, blah, 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 blah. And then you'd go uh-huh. to Gundam Wing, and then you'd have this. And then out of nowhere, it ended with this, like, really cool, very 2000-ish kind of concert. But it was all digital. And at the very end, it's like, you know, you have the voice for Spike. You have the voice for Wolverine. You have the voice for the Deadpool video games, Nolan. And you have him, and he's like, all right, signing off. And it's just, like, something about that made me feel especially because I was like a very lonely kid at home. I felt like I had something to be part of. Cause then when we go to school, there was kids I absolutely never wanted to talk to, but it'd be like Lalo. And he'd be like X. What'd you think about Trigun? Bro, when they got the water to the town, wasn't that crazy? And it's like, yeah, bro. And then you'd have that moment where you get quiet and like, all right, man, next week. <laughs> Just, we're never friends, you know, but, but like you enjoyed having that. Cause there was no one to really watch it. I wasn't a DBZ kid either. You know, like a dragon ball was my least favorite out of everything because it wasn't that it was boring. It's just too long. It took like 20 minutes to pull a fight. I'm from mm-hmm. the streets. Hit that motherfucker, dude. I don't want to <laughs> see this shit in three weeks. Yeah. And so, uh, I got back into it predominantly, not because like I really ever fell out of it, but I got back more into it because when they started doing more horror ones, that's when I was like, okay, this is interesting. And when I started painting more and teaching paint classes, and I've always loved like hyperrealism, photorealism, I would teach all these watercolor classes, and somebody asked me to do a uh, Ed and Al from Full Metal. Uh, Full Metal, thank you. And it's actually one of the pieces that I got the tattoo recently. And people were like, oh, this is great. And I was like, why did I stop watching this? Mm-hmm. 
So for one of my niece's birthdays, she, I got her into it, and I uh, painted her Nina, the girl dog. Mm-hmm. And I was like, forever your friend. So I would like torture my nieces with all these terrible memes. But I could paint them out, so why not? So really, I think I got back into it because it made me more of a dick to my nieces. Yeah. And they don't like the idea of their uncle being cool. So I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it <laughs> even harder. I'll open a place to prove me wrong. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I miss uh, when I stop watching the anime. Because for one piece, it's just like, now I don't have anyone to talk to because no one else reads the manga. She, Brittany, would read it for a bit. And then she just got, oh, no, I think she switched to the iPhone. So mm. the site that she would do, that we used on Android, she can't get it no more. So Did you ever yell at him? You're like, for an for a anime called One Piece, this sure got a lot of fucking pieces. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then for a lot of the the manga, that's always like my hero. I can't talk to her about my hero because <laughs> I'm so far ahead. Yeah. And the same with like Hunter x Hunter. She really likes Hunter x Hunter. And she's just like, well, I can't tell you all the cool stuff that happens because the anime just kind of ends. That I do, when I try to, because my wife likes to, she's more into anime. I've more been the comic guy and we meet in the middle. When there's something that she wants to know, but I won't tell her, I'll be like, oh man, in that one part, oh. What's your favorite character? Joji. We'll just say Joji. And she just goes, what about him? I go, hey, man, you know what? I'll let you read it. What happens? What happens? No, I just, I just, I just can't do it. Nothing happens to the character. I just like making her sweat. You know? But the idea is because then she'll get into it and she goes, motherfucker, nothing happens to him. Well, you read it. Shit. You know what I mean? Like, we tease each other because my wife is my best friend. And I think that that's one of my biggest things is that when you see anime, these days, like slice of lives, I, again, I did not like them growing up. I did not like comedy growing up. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, this is really good. I enjoy this. Like, oh, hi, girl was pretty cool. The animes that you guys had suggested. Now, Cyberpunk, I already had on my list because, A, a huge fan of the game, huge fan of the storyline. Mm-hmm. But we have a friend who works on it. And so it was like, all right, cool. We got to see some cool stuff. And uh, but the, I, I do not remember the name of the other two, but I do know them by what the content was. But the girl playing the the match for uh, will only you make his move? Yes, that one. I mean, like again, younger me would have been like, hell no, I ain't watching this. <laughs> Older me was like, I I watched it and I was like, huh, I'm glad Same. you suggested that, man. Same, cool. yeah. A lot of those like rom com things, yeah, I like now. Because a lot of the times they remind me of her. And then exactly. she's like, yep, I can see Brittany doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> her face. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, now that you brought up the animes, we might as well just get into them. Absolutely. Crew sent me. Which Wait, he, who picked them this week? Uh, They were just what's left. So oh. between both of us. Well, well there were other things that were left. <laughs> I will say, I'm glad that you guys... Uh, I'm glad I was allowed to be here for the cyberpunk one because holy shit. Yeah, Cruz was going to do that one by himself because we weren't even supposed to record at all this one. We weren't supposed to start recording until like halfway through next month. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. called uh, My Isekai Life. Uh, I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world. Why it's such a short name? I like when their names are this long because then it <laughs> makes it super. You already kind of know what you're getting into <laughs> before even starting it. I hated when at the very end the guy dies and his name was some old man. I love that anime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is about a uh, Japanese man who, of course, works himself to death. He wakes up one day in a fantasy world. It shows that he has stats, but it doesn't really look like he's in a video game world. He just a fantasy thing where you can see his stats. 
He runs across this uh, slime because he got the tamer ability. He tames a slime. The slime takes him to a house full of other slimes. And he like reads a book and he's like, oh, cool. I learned the skill. That's pretty easy. Then all the other slimes are like, adopt us. We can be a family. And then they all start reading the books. And then he just gained all the knowledge from the slimes. So they just did a Naruto because that's how Naruto got better with his thing with the shadow clones. And then from there, it's just, you know, him going through the world. They're kind of alluding that a calamity is going to happen because the blue moon's coming out and more monsters are coming out from it. And it's just him going through his new life in, uh, in an isekai world, fantasy world. So what is Cruz, right? Yeah, Cruz. This is what he wrote. <clears throat> it's apparently made by the same guy who did the strongest sage with the weakest crest, which oh. we did go over. I like that one, which was previously covered. And just like that anime, this one feels like it's pretty paint by the numbers. It's not a bad show. It really just doesn't have anything that makes it really stand apart from literally any other isekai. I would say that the slimes do if it weren't for the other major slime focused isekai. That's you brought up when we came the other day. The animation, however, is pretty good. The studio making it Revo, Revo Root does good work from here. I like that they did Fooly Cooly Alternatives, a 4 out of 10. Not sure if it's really worth watching unless you only like isekais and you're caught up with everything else. So Cruz says, which I agree. Um, How funny, I agree too. This is the first time I think we've all agreed. <laughs> For, I like isekai. <laughs> I like fantasy stuff. So this is one that I do. I did like. I'd liked. No, I would say I liked all three of them. The mm. cyberpunk one actually caught me by surprise because the internet and cruise. Um, <laughs> and cruise. Uh, but you this mean, isekai one, I've always had. I've always been a sucker for fantasy things. That's the genre of books that I tend to lean towards too. And the same with the animes. I thought it was cool. They did. You know, the slimes were their own little personas. So I did like how they all looked the same, but they all acted differently. I did like the dog, the wolf thing. Um, but yeah, these first three episodes, you know, it just sets up what the story, what the title is. Right. It's just him going through this, uh, being super strong because of the slimes helping him out. Yeah. It's. I'm glad that crew said it was made by the same person that made the Sage Crest theme. Because mm-hmm. then when I was watching, I was like, "Man, this character looks so much like this other character." And then I kept watching it. Oh, and then there's slime. And then I'm like, "Oh, there was that other show that I watched that had slime." And I'm like, "There's so many things." I think we're at a point where it's like mm. regurgitation. Yeah. So then I wasn't sold on it. It didn't. It didn't catch the first three episodes. Didn't catch me in the sense where I'm gonna continue to watch it. At least the other ones, like there was a little bit of a backstory. This one kind of just like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I know I I'm here up. purposely because I died. Like other ones, they don't tell you that they die and they figure it out in the end. Right. But this one's like, I'm here and I'm going to do my quests. So he does these. Again, they're entertaining because he does these things and they finish in those 21 minutes. Right. But I wasn't sold on it. But I guess if I had nothing else to watch... I would probably go back and watch it, but it wasn't something that it was a storyline that's already been told unless something pops out like a dragon or something. There is a dragon. I know, (laughs) but like we also watched that other one that had dragons and then I watched it all the way through and then I doubted myself. (laughs) 
the which one? I don't know. It was some with the girls in it, but I, I've, <clears throat> that narrows it down. Yeah, <laughs> no, dragons and girls. Yeah, this the was most a, unlikely combo. Um, again, it was okay. It was okay. So, do you guys give your ratings at the end of everyone's, or do you do it after your thing? No, uh, you can do it after your thing. Okay. Um, what would you give it, Peralta? A four, like Cruz said. Cool. What four was yours? Ten. For me personally, I give it like a like a generous seven. Okay. Would recommend to Peralta. I'm about to throw my phone at you. <laughs> um, I think it was. <clears throat> so we looked up the stats on it. Mm. I'm very very curious. My wife is like my oracle where we she will look things up and be like, we got to talk about this. If you have never seen that time I got reincarnated as a slime, mm. then this would be a great anime to be towards the seven because you've had no influence, hopefully, of anything. And it's not that bad. I do what's called, I know this is a different term for kids these days, but the gok gok meter. I cannot unhear it when people are in anime. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> when you have that every two seconds, holy shit, you lose points in my book. But it's like 90% of anime. Um, it was like a really poor, poorly drawn version of the time I got reincarnated as a slime. They have the wolf. They have the slime, except that and instead of the slime being in charge and the orcs, humanoids being that way, it's flipped around. But you do get jumped right into it. I don't think it's a bad one. Again, if you've seen reincarnated as a slime, then you'd be like, man, this is just a ripoff. If you haven't, you'd be like, okay, I, you're jumping into it. It's there. From an artist's perspective, it's just the wolf looks like he looks. He like changes. He has, he has awesome parking in a parking lot. I'll put it that yeah. way. You know what I mean? He's definitely blue plaque special. And it's, it, it's different, but I mean, it was fun. I think episode one, I was immediately bored. Episode two, I'm like, okay, this is getting a little better. By episode three, I was like, okay, I get the vibe. It's cool. The thing I just did not like about it is when a character is strong and they have to pull back. Mm-hmm. No, your fire thing is too strong. You can't do that. And he's like, oh, I must hold it back. Why the fuck would you do that? It's a war. It's yeah. a war. Why would you do that? All in all, I think uh, it is fun. If you have seen uh, The Reincarnated as a Slime, then you're going to have a rough time with it, but you it will grow on you by episode three. By episode three, I did not mind four. I was like, okay, cool. I can get past that, but the characters were were decent enough to where it's like, let's have it. And I agree with you about the slimes having their own personalities. They're like Oompa Loompas. Mm-hmm. Every Oompa Loompa looks the same, <laughs> kind of, but they all have their purpose. Yeah. Um, I would give it in the middle. I'd give it a five because I feel like it's neither bad nor good. It's just where you fall in between. I would not discourage anyone from watching it, but I would say if you have seen other things, like you said before, it's being regurgitated. You're gonna have you're gonna have a rough time, man. Yeah, I've never seen Reincarnated as a Slime. That's why that one is fucking hilarious. Like I know of it. I know she has a figure of it. Mm-hmm. We know. carry the mangas here, and like truth be told, it's it's exact. Once you watch that show, have you seen it? The show, yeah. yeah. It's exactly the same thing. It's exactly they just switch the orc with the with the slime. Yeah. They even have the dragon, who's his best friend. That he eats. Uh, you know what I mean? So, I mean, like, it's there, but five. Yeah. So, moving on to the next one. When when will Ayumi make his move? <laughs> Cruz wrote, this one was cute. I like the stalemate angle involving Shogi. I'm also much more in- invested in the relationship between the two friends than, in, than with the main <laughs> characters. <laughs> this one definitely doesn't do much. That's all. That's original, but the ground it retrends it retrends well. 
It is excellent. Will they, won't they story. And while the relationship isn't all the, all that believable, it is written well enough that it doesn't really matter. Every episode had a, had its good moments, but the third episode with the jealousy between the two main characters over Ayumi ignoring, oh, I cannot pronounce these Japanese names, Ishura, new hairdo, while paying more attention to the other girl is really amusing to me. A 7 out of 10. Might continue to watch. He will? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like this one. This one, oh, we didn't even, didn't even say the summary, but it's about a... <laughs> It's about uh, to these two, it. yeah, these two characters, uh, Uyumi and what's the girl's name? Chess boss, senpai. Yeah, you just it's just senpai. Yeah, yeah, senpai. That's really all he calls her. Yeah, that's. I don't think she does have a name. She does, but it, it, uh, is the, she the a best second friend. year? Uh, I think so. She's like younger than him, right? No, she's no, older. No, she's a second year because he oh. calls her senpai. And, and then the fr- her year. friend is like, "Oh, you have a real cute underclassman." Ah, uh, I think she's a second year. Yeah, but it's about these two who uh, they like each other, but. The guy doesn't want to tell the girl because he promised himself that he wouldn't confess that he likes her until he beats her at shogi. <laughs> she clearly likes him. She doesn't want to be the one that makes the first move. Mm-hmm. So it's them trying to tell each other they have feelings for one another but without them saying it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, the friend that Cruz brought up is funny. The the Basically the opposite of them. It was really funny. The second episode where they're running around the the track to doing the, the races and whatnot. I thought it was good. It's also what made me like really like the guy character because he's like, damn, I guess I'm going to sacrifice my alone time with you to increase your club because I'm pretty sure that's something I would do. Brittany was really into something. And it's like, fuck, I don't want to do this and get other people involved. But if you really want to do it, I guess... Com- compromise. <laughs> what an so I really. So that's the part that I really liked was the fact that they, they want to do stuff together, but they don't want to say it. And then the guy sticking to his guns, where it's clearly obvious that she likes him, but he's like, "No, I said I wouldn't tell you until I can beat you in shogi." So I'm gonna stick with that. He wants to earn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So out of ten. Out of ten, for me, like a like a generous eight hmm. would recommend to Brittany. What about Did you? Did you watch it? No, she was supposed to watch it. She was supposed to do this with us, but this is the second time where I've given her the animes, and she's like, I'll watch it, and then she doesn't watch them. (laughs) And then she gives me a cap. She's like, why do you watch them on the last day? Because I didn't watch these until technically today. Nice. Earlier today. And she's like, if I watch them earlier in the week, then I pull up Peralta, and I can't remember stuff. (laughs) So if I wait until the the day of or the day before, then it's fresher on my mind. Yep, I can't remember this stuff. <laughs> Obviously, this I like Slice of Life, so this was like, okay. I like the Shogi thing. I think that was that that sold me more than what mm-hmm. was actually happening in the whole thing because <laughs> it was like, oh, they're playing a game. And then I was like, and they're like dead serious with the game. It wasn't like neither of them are going to back down. So I like that that's their connection because I for people who watch Slice of Life, like you realize that anything can bring people together. You know, Japanese Talking checkers. Oh. <laughs> Not a, no, I think they're kind. I think <laughs> their antics are very what you see in high school. I think it's hard because I work in a high school. And like I've told before in the past episodes, I always watch anime not because like, oh, it's cute. But more of like, oh, I see that happening at school. So <clears throat> then I like to see how they, to it. how they solve it. 
and then sometimes watch it sometimes play out <laughs> at school <laughs> when kids do stupid things that are very similar to it so that's why i watch slice of life for i guess it's like a double-edged sword in yeah. a sense but i like their dynamic i think their relationships are relatable uh, especially in Japanese culture, when you when you do have someone older, you do call them senpai a lot. Oh, so it's not a sex thing? No. Okay. You, do. you can make it You can one. make it a yeah, thing, but... Really... I did they're... it to my pastor. <laughs> 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 but sometimes, yeah, like you do call your senpai, and then there is a... I think it's nice that they're trying to build their club, and there's like that mutual agreement that, okay, I don't want to share you with anyone else, but we're going to make this club because it's something that you want. The library couple is the interesting one because mm-hmm. they are the opposites. And so I was like, oh, that's nice to see how like two different relationships try to develop in the same episode or in the same series. When I watch it, I don't know. It wasn't like my type of slice of life. It felt like it was running a little slow and it kept going back and forth. But I like watching school life and the adventures that they have because they do mimic what happens in Japan. And I think for people who who don't get a chance to travel, who don't get a chance to go there for whatever reason, like you do get that real reality of what happens. And I think for some students who don't like their own reality right now, it helps to kind of see that avenue. Right. So I think it's a good slice of life. Personally, I probably won't continue it unless like my sister tells me like, he wins the match, and then I'll be like, okay, let me see what happens. But <laughs> I would say it's a seven. I think the, the thing that I also, that I thought was kind of weird is how nowadays a lot of the slice of life, it's always a really tall guy mm-hmm. and a really small girl. Because that's how it was in uh, Comey Can't Communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, my senpai's annoying. There was the other one, too, with the little girl and the really big dude. In the job thing? No, that's no. my senpai's no. annoying. I but know. I just think it's weird that they're going, they lead towards that more. It's just like a mountain of a dude, like tall wise, and then just the smallest girl in the class. Or are they small? Or are the dudes over exaggerated? Most people like uh-huh. to think that they overly like, like de age females, but like as a dude who's been to Japan over a dozen times, people are short. I'm 6'1. My wife is five foot and maybe 100 pounds. We look like that dynamic, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that when you see artists, especially like when you talk to like uh, Kim Jong-gi and he talks about like, yeah, they do over-sexualize females, but when they draw males, it's always this very tall and broad. Mm-hmm. And if you were to change the face, it's just a Caucasian dude, you know? <laughs> so really, it's like they're drawing the average height of your high schooler in Japan at five foot, but they're drawing a dude that's six, two, six, one, being yeah. like, he's all, it, it, it. you know what I mean? Like he's just, he's dreamy. And I think that that's where it's kind of a reverse in that sim- simple sense. I, I like this one. Um, oh, high girl is probably my favorite slice of life because it's like a mixture of action punch and like just stupidity mixed into a slice of life. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, no. but the girl is always in love with her. She's in love with her neighbor who is a very straightforward, like straight A student. And the mom wants to pawn her off being like, come on, please. He's going to have a good job, good money. And every time she tries to show affection, cause she's kind of stupid. He like samurai punches her or like DBZ punches her <laughs> out the atmosphere. And it's funny cause their dynamic is like, he does care for her, but she's like, everyone thinks you're a jerk and he doesn't see that. So this dynamic, I think where it's quite the opposite in this sense, I think it's like when you're, when you're flirting with somebody in high school and you're in that weird space, even outside of high school, like as adults, and you are in that mode of like, 
do they like me? Do they not like me? Do they not? It's that personified. You said it perfectly where in Chogi, the way that they're playing, they treat the game serious and how they, if you've noticed this, and maybe it's just because I look into like how people write stuff, but every time they make a move in the episode, when he folds in Shogi in episode two, he folds to letting uh, say like, okay, if you want more people, the matches on the board match what happens in the episode. Yeah, yeah, I didn't every, notice that. Every single time it does because it's it's a personification of themselves. It's a very cute anime, and my wife cuddles up like an asshole next to me. And she's like, you know, tee-hee. She thinks it's cute. She thinks it's nice. And I would not watch it on my own, but because it makes her happy, like you said, for your lady, it's this thing where I'm like, well, you know what? If you want to do it, man, like, absolutely. And it's got enough to where they're respecting each other. They treat it serious. And they have this little bit of, there's enough comedy where it's like, okay, it's, it's not overbearing. It's not this and that. But the, li- the library couple, I love it when they're in the haunted house. And she's like, don't scare them. You're going to ruin the mood. You're going to do this. I have nine sisters. So the way my sisters speak of like, no, she's got to go this way. And then you got to, they plan things out to where guys were like, me go here. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And she gets scared and she gets so embarrassed. And he's like, but why would you be embarrassed? And she's like, ah, I just, I look weak. And he's like, you'd never be weak. Cause it's a dynamic that's real. Like, so when you say, when you see high school as being stupid, it's very relatable. So I would not keep watching it without my wife just because I think I like seeing her get a giggle out of it and it makes me appreciate her more. But um, absolutely, if you're looking for something that you don't really have to pay a lot of attention to, it's cool. I give it an eight. Mm-hmm. You know, simple, easy to digestible and not not outside of the realm of like, like, like you said, if you were looking at what a high school looks like in Japan, you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Nothing super crazy. And for the last one, uh, Cyberpunk, Edge Runner. Cyberpunk, for anybody that doesn't know Cyberpunk would be ridiculous, is uh, based off the game by CD Projekt Red and Trigger Studios, I believe, that did this. It's just, it's supposed to be like a prequel to what happens in Tonight City. And the only reason why is, spoilers, three, two, one, Adam Smasher's in it. In the video game, he dies. You have to kill him. So the fact that he exists in this anime preludes that he is before them. And in the game, the new update is that you can find traces of them in Night City while you're playing. Yeah, a young a young kid from the streets somehow finds his way into trying to... Uh, he gets uh, to go basically to a huge academy. It's like the pristine, pristine, what they call corpo or corporate. So that's like the, like the big schools. Uh, his mom goes in there. She dies tragically in an accident. And his only way to kind of survive in a world that's gone rough is understanding that his mom was only paying his way to school by doing crime. And so he ends up joining the crew and becoming a cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. That's the synopsis. I'd like to hear you guys' point of view first because I'm more of an art nerd when it comes to this. Sal forgot to add my Cyberpunk review here, so we're just going to go ahead and get that out of the way. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, immediate 10-10 right out of the gate. I did have some initial concerns when it was announced that Trigger would be animating the show because they've had some issues with pacing and consistency in the past, but this one felt like a home run. They definitely set themselves up for success by limiting the scope of the whole project to like a series of small events that occur within the span of a couple of months rather than being anything too big. The callbacks to the game were really satisfying without feeling too obvious or too oblique. Tying the central motivation of the David and Lucy relationship to the tarot card readings and all the moon iconography was a really nice callback to the game that I'm sure fans of the game will recognize without it being required to understand the plot. 
One thing, I see a lot of people online simping over Rebecca, which seems really weird to me because it's the comic relief character, and also, I think, the only one that's actually fully clothed the whole time? Like, this is a show that has a lot, like, a lot, a lot of sexual stuff in it, and y'all pick the one that has none of it. Anyway, the action is killer, and I think this is the first time we've seen a depiction of a cyber psycho that actually makes them feel threatening, because in the games, they are present, there's a whole storyline you gotta do with them, but save for one of them that's, like, a weird cult thing, every other one just seems like a dude that got real angry, whereas the one that's central in this... Uh, you do see a couple of cyber psychos in this, in this cartoon, but the, the one that's like a homeless dude, that one was fucking creepy. And I really fucking love that one. I need to see more of that. I'm hoping that when they come out with the new, they announced the new cyberpunk game, I'm hoping they lean more towards that, because that shit looked really fucking crazy. And something that I would actually be scared of. David Martinez is an amazing character, and I recommend finishing this one, because Sal does mention in this episode, that he doesn't understand why people are so hung on to the song, I Really Want to Stay at Your House. Because it appears in episode two, but if you watch the whole thing, it appears at the end. There's a reprise, and it's, I mean, that, that, this show has made me love that song so much more than I did when I was playing the game. It would come on when I was playing the game, and I was like, oh, it's a pretty good song. Now, I, I mean, it's just, I turned the volume up. And I vibe, even if I get to my location on my motorcycle, I'll take a couple laps until it's over. It's fucking good. Keep watching the show. Like, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. The first three episodes are not enough. You need to watch all of them. It's great. If you're any at all interested in action anime, even passingly, there's probably something in here for you. Unless you are, like Peralta, one of those people who really does not like extreme violence because this is extreme violence right out the gate if if you can stomach that you're good you're golden you're gonna love this one 10 out of 10 recommend to everybody except peralta for me i i didn't have high hopes of it because everyone on the on twitter and cruise were just jumping on the bandwagon with it it's so good it makes the game even better but i got the game at launch and i thought it was a very okay so i already came in with like I'm not going to like this, but on Light Cruise, uh, in our friend group, I'm not, if I don't like something, uh, uh, if you like something that I don't, I'm not going to meet him and be like, oh, I don't care. You're trash. Your opinion's trash. <laughs> well, they're, they're, my friend group is very much either you're with us or you're against us. So uh, all of them were hyping up cyberpunk. So, naturally so for me, I was just like, all right, this is not going to be that good because that's what they did with Arcane too. Like we watched Arcane and I was like, it was okay. Like I didn't like the animation for Arcane, but for cyberpunk, I like the small Easter eggs that you would see if you played the game. Like right. when the... Wakako and all them. Yeah, and, when yeah. You, when they go to the bar, you know, the bar that... You, Afterlife. Yeah, and I saw that. I was like, oh, damn, it's like from just like in the video game. Right. I did like that aspect of it. Um, I didn't mind the animation. I think the only thing that stuck out to me the, the most was... I know Cy uh, Cyberpunk takes place in the West Coast, California. It's 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 basically Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it to me it was so weird they're like oh yeah blah 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 garcia and him and his mom are just white like super white it's like i know there's light-skinned mexicans but it was just like they keep bringing up garcia and they're just speaking spanish and that would just always catch me off guard it's like all right that's that's just what they are just i don't know why that kept catching me off guard until the mom just doesn't and she's not in anymore yeah i liked it overall 
Mm-hmm. I don't see the fascination with the the girl, uh, the girl with the white hair that everyone has. I keep seeing everyone talk about her, and then the the song that plays in episode two. You're hearing that everywhere on TikTok too, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, it's an okay song, but um. I like the animation. I did like the action. I thought the story was good. Like again, I already came in with it just negative thoughts because it was like, <laughs> friend groups annoying. The internet's annoying. This is gonna be annoying. But no, <laughs> one of the the few times where I was like, you know what? It was actually pretty good. Yeah. So out of ten. Out of ten, I give it like like a seven. Nice. I would probably watch it. I would continue to watch it since I could just let it play in the background. It's in English, so I don't have to actually look at it. Right. And uh, just to see, yeah, the Adam Smasher thing, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you think? So I'm, uh, I have no idea what the hell this was. Uh, so yeah, she, she didn't play the games. I don't yeah. play video games. So, like, for me, like, anytime they throw something <clears throat> at me, I'm just like, I just look at the title, I put it in the search. And let it play. Uh, so that's what I did first. I also don't like to use Netflix a lot. So like I'm not in that whole world that 99.9% of the population's on. Might be 98. But I was like, okay, let's just watch it. Because Netflix, like their recommendations feel strange to me. Like what they recommend for me. Like I think Crunchyroll gets me on point on recommendations, and then I go on Netflix. But it could be because I haven't watched enough. Do you up? Do you thumb up and thumb down things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think <clears throat> the algorithm is based off of every hundred that you do versus yeah. Crunchyroll just does it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, okay. So I went into it. <laughs> I'm not a fan of violence or sexualization. I think there's. I understand that that's the world that gets attracted to it. So I understood that part. But I like right when like the simulation part happened, like 30 seconds in, I was I wanted to text Sal and be like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I just there is no point. It was to me, it wasn't necessary. So then when that happened, I kind of paused it and I was like, let me read the synopsis that's written right. on there. Because I was like, before I like decide, like, is this going to be something that I'm just going to have to sit through and just watch it for the sake of watching it? So the first line said dystopia. And I was like, OK. And the only reason why is because I do like to read dystopian novels. Right. So I was like, OK, if that's what it's about, I, I get it. I don't understand why, but I get it. Right. So I was like, OK. And then it was like, oh, it's a video game. So then I was kind of like, because uh, then it's hard for me with video games because I don't know, like, what does it connect to? Is it just a standalone? Is it something that like this is like a development from the inside out? Or is this like fan base where they're like, let's make a story? So I'm always weary about video game relationships with anime because I just don't know like where it's why. coming from. Yeah. 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 Of so I was like, OK, well, I'll just watch it then. And, you know, you continue and you're like, OK, I got thrown off because there was a lot of Mexican culture names. And I'm just like, I'm <laughs> like, anime, Mexican culture. I was like, okay. So again, I have no synopsis of like where it came from or anything. So of I course. just watched it. And it's hard, I think, because, you know, being from Salinas, like there is a mindset of what I think about culture, especially with Hispanics or Latinos and Latino X, like to watch it in the animation, like, hmm. But Again, I mean, in Japanese culture, they mimic, you know, what Western culture looks like. So I was like, okay, let's just see how this goes. So the names kind of threw me off because I was like, because when I hear Garcia or Hernandez, I'm just like, my kids? Yeah. Well, I also think that our perception of what a 
of what minorities look like in California yeah. are first generation. Like we're all first generation. It probably seems even from our skin color, mm-hmm. but I'm a little bit lighter than both of you. And the reality is, is that like, I've heard that more than anything. And I'm glad that you both brought that up because I, I, I see it completely opposite of you guys, but it's so interesting to hear how you guys are talking about it. Mm-hmm. So that caught you off guard at first. And then again, like the whole thing was just, it was just all new to me. So then I was like, I, and I usually don't research the things unless like I feel like this isn't something I'm going to enjoy. So I have to decide if this is something I'm going to actually pay attention to and invest in. Um, so that happened. And then the whole school thing, I was like, I, I get that. Like that hella sucks. And yeah, there are dumbass people that treat people like shit because you don't have anything like that yeah. was on point. I because it's dystopia, I definitely understand this hierarchy of what things work. Um, I kind of had noticed the emergency nine one one when they kind of showed in the beginning, and he was trying to go to school. So I was like, oh okay, because usually you don't highlight those things unless there's a reason for it. Because usually you just watch the the background just kind of do its own thing. But right. that one was kind of purposely set in the beginning where that was a notable characteristic that you had to remember. I thought the mom was like every other mom like working hella damn hard for that kid to go to fucking school damn it like (laughs) why couldn't he just go to school and do what he needed to do like i was already (laughs) frustrated i was like come on your mom working late night shifts and you're just playing video games and not understanding what the fuck she's doing so that kind of irritated me too because i was like motherfucker like the fuck so then she dies and i was like what the fuck is happening i was like that's just that's just shitty all around like then I just felt shitty watching this. I was like, "This is, am I supposed to feel this bad? Like, That's exactly what cyberpunk's about. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, this is only episode one and all, his whole fucking world is fucked up. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that's so much CPS reports. That's so much therapy. Like, all the things that, like, what happens to kids. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Um, and then, like, then you start to see, like, well, your mom had this package. And then what is this package about? And obviously, he's this very bright kid. And I think for me, like, that's important because kids have different capabilities. And the fact that he was getting beat up and bullied because he's just poor, yeah. like, pissed me off because I was like, if he could hijack your damn system and try to make it, granted, it wasn't perfect. But again, he's hijacking it. Like, that shows that there is potential yeah. in him so it's kind of like and just because you're fucking rich doesn't mean that you can fucking do what the fuck you want so that kind of just like i was just mad watching the show and i'm like i was supposed to be mad like is this the emotion that i'm <laughs> supposed to be going through because you know it, it's netflix you're watching a show but i was just like mad the whole time watching it right so then it goes into the storyline and then the whole dystopia thing and then you know the ambulance coming back and not helping them and i was like damn like like and it's sad because in the world we live in that shit happens like real quick and i was just like that i started to appreciate like okay i could see the story of this developing as to why uh, he is the way he is and then kind of how he just jumps into the world and i the cremated part like when the mom just gets like okay here's your options and shoots it down i'm like fuck yeah and what's sad is that my mind does think that the world will end up that way 
Um, not maybe so high techy because I think we're really slow at that area, but just how we process humans and how we use people and how people are so into just themselves and selfish and not think about that what we do affects other people. I like that underlying tone of what's happening in the anime or in the storyline. You know, then he finds the product, you know, he's like, well, fuck it, like. I'm just, I'm gonna use this shit because I got nothing else going for me, yeah. which I get. Like, if that's all you got going for you, then do it. Like, right. there's nothing else. There's no other options. Obviously, the world won't help you. It's like if you die. Like, a partner's like, if he dies, no one's gonna bury his ass because no one's gonna read the little catalog that says here are your options of your next life path. Right. So I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, the other characters get introduced, the cyberpunk gang. I did enjoy the subway swiping of cartridges because I was like, yeah, that happens. It's like digital pickpocketing. So yeah, it was yeah, like, absolutely. that's kind of interesting. So I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, people in suits, like there's definitely, you know, a meaning to why people wear suits and how that stands out. And then meeting the girl, I don't remember her name. Which one, Rebecca or the main one? The main mm-hmm. one. It's okay. I don't remember either. Okay. Well, <clears> her, <throat> yeah. she she got an interesting story. Lucy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Lucy. 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 Okay. She got an interesting story. Obviously, she tries to help him, you know, because he, like, overdoses. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and she tries to help him, which I thought that's a solid, like, person that doesn't know you, realize you have potential, you know, then you OD, and then she doesn't know what to do, tries to get you help, and all of a sudden, those people just want to sell your body. So, like... <laughs> I was like, this whole anime is just going everywhere, which I think what made it hard for me is because there's a lot going on and I'm the type that's like very linear. Yeah. And not so much linear, but like I need to know that is this important that I need to remember or is this something that's not important? And then there's a lot of very hyperactive visuals, which I appreciate because it's different. It's not something that you normally see. Um, the color scheme is very different. It's a dull, but it's a bright dull. It's not neon, but it's a dull neon. Polychromatic. Uh huh. And so I like that visually. I think that works with what the story is trying to do. But again, it's very much a lot like visually. When then I was reading an article about you know children's shows and how they might develop like ADHD because of the visuals that they have. And then, then I realized watching that, I was like, God damn it. I was like, so that's why I had to take a break because I was like, I don't think like it's not for me. I already knew. I don't like the sexual I don't feel like there's a need for it, but I also understood like there's a niche of who watches this. Um, And so I get it why it's there. Right. For somebody who does have no idea, it was just like, hmm, okay. And I don't read reviews. I don't check Twitter. I don't do any of that stuff. I just Same. watch things for the sake of myself watching it. So visually, storyline, I would give that definitely an eight. In terms of its overall appeal for a person who's just like, let me listen to this podcast and see what they're watching. For me, it's a six just because... It just depends, like, are you a video gamer? Then, yeah, you're probably going to say, like, this is a 9 or a 10. Right. And if you're just, like, a person that's just, like, what can I watch next? For me, it was, like, a 6. Like, would I watch it? I don't know. Unless, like, it shows up on, like, Yahoo News and says, like, oh, big multi-billionaire show. Then it would probably bring me back in because, what the fuck? Why did this make so much money? Yeah. And then I would go back and watch it. It's made a lot of money, though. (laughs) They, They tied it in with the game. I was 
interested to know what you were gonna say for the fact that you don't have no background to cyberpunk but um the reason i brought up that this place takes place in california is started off as a role-playing game so it had like a book and you meet the characters that way because they actually bring up selena's in the the game the board game Mm -hmm. uh it's funny because monterey turns into the slums and selena's is thriving in Mm -hmm. the the game yep. so that was pretty cool they yeah. bring up watsonville actually in the game they bring up watson bakerfield too. modesto fresno mm. all that i would believe that just because personality wise in the reality people hustle more when they need to versus people who are in a comfortable situation mm-hmm. absolutely and uh, dynamically education wise the quality of people who work in those districts has a resemblance of how things are absolutely not yeah. that's my opinion no i mean <laughs> What, I'll, I'll say this. My cousin and I, he lives in the Bay Area. Like, he lives in Silicon Valley, like, big money stuff. And, you know, good for him. We both came from King City, and he, he got to a position in his career where he can afford that. And one day, we were backing out in downtown Monterey, and this lady just completely just, you could see my car half ass. you know what I mean? And she just gunned it in her Damn. Mercedes. And I was like, why the fuck is she this... Why the fuck do these people do this? And he had it in like such a calm way. And he goes, because people who can afford areas like this have no situational awareness. We grew up where tractors literally would run you over because you can't hear them when you're playing. So you have to be aware of your surroundings. People that can afford to live in nice areas don't need that that survival technique. So when they see you doing something, they don't care because they don't, you know, they can afford not to care. Mm-hmm. And so I absolutely agree with that. But my opinion on it, I I hear a lot of that from people. I give it a 9.8 out of 10 right off the bat. It has nothing to do necessarily with the game, even though I love the game. When it first came out, I, I, I passed it on every version, the corpo, the this, the that. From an artistic point of view. Everything is polychromatic. Everything that is in that world, it goes off a blue scale. So when you look at the entire thing, there is a blue hue over it because everything's LED. Nothing is natural. You never once see actual natural light until you get to the moon. The moon is the only thing that is not polychromatic on that scale. So when the neon hits them, you have a lot of analogous color, you have a lot of complementive colors, so everything fits this beautiful scheme. Half of the artists on this thing were also the artists that were on Cowboy Bebop. It is exactly the same movement and everything. The violence is necessary, the sex is necessary, the mm-hmm. nudity is necessary because that is the real world. This is not against anyone else, but people who call themselves Latinx, people who call themselves this and that are truly people that I believe, especially coming from a very heavily violent background, have never truly been in a situation where like every day someone's dying. I've seen my mom get thrown around, my mom throw my dad around, you know, uh, siblings dying. The world is a fucked up place. And people that want to emulate that they had it rough because they were broke, not poor. If you've seen this full, this new show, I love this uh, the sentiment that the guy says when he goes, hey, you're stealing our cans. And this homeless guy goes, and? We need that money. We're poor. And he goes, you're not poor. You're broke. You got a house. He goes, I ain't got shit. I'm poor. And it's that mentality where I think like when I go to Germany, when I go to Switzerland or stuff, like I get to tattoo in these wonderful places because I earned it. I worked for it. And you, you drive by and you see this truck and it's a woman topless breastfeeding a baby. And you're like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, why are you making it so weird? Why are Americans so weird about nudity? Mm-hmm. That is a woman's body. If you have a problem with a woman or a man's body, that's why you sexualize things because you repress it. You do a lot of harm thinking it's good and you turn it into something negative. So when the thing starts off, it starts off intense, extremely I was raised by a mom for a while, and then she ditched our ass. Long time ago. So I can understand where it gets really rough 
for David. And it's a frustrating as an uncle to my nieces that sometimes fuck off to be like, working so hard. Why? But here's the truth. He's a kid that's in this world that absolutely he does not want to be in. He's intelligent, but he does not want to live the corporate life because the background in this universe is the way people are treated in this show and in this lore are exactly how people are treated right now. Mm-hmm. 120%. When people are looked at from all these uh, sections of like life and this and that, it's a reflection of how most of us feel as Chicanos. In the lore, Japan makes a huge play and move into the area. Now, ironically enough, what nationality are you? I'm Filipino. Nice. And what nationality are you? Mexican-American. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're like Chicanos or Pochos. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a mix. I'm half Asian, half Mexican. And as we do this, uh, we're talking about a Japanese culture and their animation style. It is not impossible to see how they integrate together because we're already doing it. Half of half of uh, Soledad, half of Salinas, half of Watsonville all do uwu. 90 times a day and it's so you when you look at it almost 70 years into the future well 50 at this point it would be not impossible for it to be integrated with each other technically we would be the grandparents in this world Mm -hmm. and so when they have the hyper violence to me the reason that i approve it is because that is real every single day here in seaside you see real people get there was a guy that was gunned down two weeks ago because he got high and did did some dumb shit it's real and it cannot be taken away it shouldn't be that way but people that don't want to face those realities tend to demonize them because they don't they live in a bubble or in my opinion and no offense to anybody they have the privilege of not being in it i don't i i have this place and it's very nice but i've worked for it and all the homeless people all the negative people that were here i got rid of them the ones that were homeless that were cool hey man what do you need food man i just want food cool let me get you some food let's get you some clothes because i grew up where you had to help people and i think that part of that is that when you look at that world the corporal kid the one that's beating them up you see it as a vice principal there's some shitty ass kids and when he the thing about david when he talks to his mom in my opinion is that this is one of the few animes he got a little closure a little bit because when the mom's like i'm really fucking trying here man i'm really trying and he goes like i'm sorry and i will do better he means it he means it because he loves his mom and then she dies and in that moment he got his one moment of closure some of us in this world including myself will never get closure with our parents and so when you see that somebody who never has true closure from somebody that rips that away from you that's real. And so when he goes and then the San, uh, San, the San Devastan that goes on his back, what do most kids turn to? Crime. And even the guys that are in crime, I know I tattoo a lot of cholos. I tattoo a lot of uh, PD. I tattoo some mayors. I can't say who. But like I tattoo all vets of life and we're all human. That really did bring together how the real world is. It is never black and white. It is extremely gray. And I think that when you look at the anime from itself and what it does, from a story point of view, the, the, the music, a lot of people are getting into it because the whole point of cyberpunk is not meant to be happy. There is no happy ending in any of it. You die at the end. That is literally the point of it. So the idea is, is that in a culture, especially as Chicanos or us as Filipinos or whatever else, especially in South County, everybody talks about Salinas. Nobody talks about the real South County. When people that have these 831 share pages, oh yeah, we love we love Monterey County. Cool, go to Salinas. Oh, but you know, uh, it's, a, it's a little. <laughs> yeah, which I never understood because I used to work 
uh, like a, as a fruit vendor uh, for a farm yeah, from yeah. Watsonville, and I would go to Oakland, <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. Where are you from? Yeah, they're, they're like, you're from Salinas. They're like, you're not going to shoot us. And I was like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, I'll shoot you with these awesome deals on oranges. Yeah, and then uh, some of the people were like from Stockton, and they're like, oh, is it true? There's shooting and stabbing. I was like, bro, I wouldn't want to go to Stockton because that's what I hear about you guys. And it's this negative connotation that we all are separated. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that I love about it, when they're talking about Garcia, right? Everybody in there is light-skinned. Are you, are you, what generation are you? Would you, or if you would know? Uh, I'm first. 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 So it was only theoretically in time, people that are pochos or people that are Chicanos or, or anything that is left here, after you would have kids or you would have kids, whatever, they would eventually procreate into other things. It is not impossible to see that because even now, most of our minorities are trying to turn into Japanese kids. You know what I mean? So that world of just this hyper extended thing where in the game, Jackie, Jackie is straight up Chicano. Uh-huh. You know, he is a straight up Chicano, but he has a samurai bun, all uh-huh. that. None of it is appropriation. It's a, it's appreciation of what their culture is. It's a, it's a smelting pot as California is. And so I think in the, in the anime, it does a really good idea to show, because the real truth is that David had a chance to just keep his fucking head down. And if he really would have done it, the world would have been terrible because it's always going to be terrible in some cases for people. But he would have done something at least to make his mom proud. And most of us don't want to make our parents proud. I sure as shit didn't. You know, I loved my dad when he was alive. I don't know my mom. And I hope nothing but the best for her. But I do this because I want to be happy for myself and for the community. And so when he dies, I'm sorry, when the mom dies... It's this interesting thing that the whole time, yeah, he got to join a gang, but what happens? He, the whole point of it is, is that you can't win. You can't do it. If you're going to do something, you have to do it the right way. You have to look at that world and say, yes, people die every day. People are aggressive. People here, people are there. But if you try to cheat it and you think that you're smart, we'll get in line. A billion other people have done that. I think Cyberpunk did something beautiful with the animation of how they did the fight scenes where I need aggressiveness in anime because my world and my universe is aggressive. That's why I try to make it less with my establishment, Hmm. with my boys. I opened this place a long time ago because I was sick and tired of the comic book shops that were just dickheads. You want to come in and ask something for your students? Well, don't you read? Well, how about you? Do do you watch that show? Dude, I'm, I'm just asking a question. Like, why? What, what's with the aggressiveness, bro? So I said, fuck it. And we opened our own place. I feel like that is a real good... I think it's a great anime for two reasons. One, artistically, it's beautiful. I think it's done very well. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you in the sense of, like, for most people that don't like what you like what you were talking about, you're completely valid. Because if it's not your gig, it's a hyper fucking thing of, like, oh, my God, this is a lot, dude. And you're going to show a guy's head being blown off. It's like, yeah, but I see that in real life, too, and it's not pretty. I don't glorify it, but I recognize it as that. That's real. And like David, he got tough. But what was his biggest problem in the first three episodes? He kept freezing. No matter how tough that kid thought he was, when real shit went down, he's all. And you've seen students that they think they're tough and then they get put on the spot and they freeze. So it's a, it's a, it's a reminder like the Shogi stuff. Every move on that board represents what those characters are doing. And at the very end, it is the most realist version of what it's like to grow up in a hood in California. It's just a futuristic version. And the, besides just the art itself, you can have great friends, but if they choose the wrong path too, 
eventually you, you will lose them. Would you rather die with them peacefully along their side or have to pick them up from the side? And that's kind of why I, I really went for that one. Again, anyone that doesn't like it, I've had people come in here, that thing was a piece of... My dad would say this, and I've heard people reiterate it since I've used it around them, but like, on a scale of one to corn dog, that was hot dog shit. And I'm like, cool. And they, they'll say that stuff too, and I'm like, dude, good for you, man, because you don't have to like it. I come from an art, artistic background where I look at the motion and... 24 frames a second versus 28 frames a second and the fluid motion of how they do that, how they do this, and devastan, blah, 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 blah. I can go on for days about theory because that's what I teach. But then I look at the story and I'm like, cool, that's cool. But if you don't like cyberpunk, if you don't like horror and you don't like a realism point of view of the world and what it is, it's not for you because that's why slice of life and all these things exist, like so many different genres do, is because some of us use this to get away from the real world and mm -hmm. really personify the things we want to see. Some of us use it as a reminder of what the real world is to us and what we want to stay away from, you know? And I think that, again, I'm not supposed to have tacos. I have high cholesterol. Look at me. You know what I mean? But I sure as hell love being around them. So I think that for me, like the 9.8 really comes from like, it is the most realist thing that hit me without even, I didn't care about it being about the game. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about it because in the, in the game itself, you don't win. You're going to die. You're in, but whether you're with Pan Am, whether you're on your own or whatever, or Judy or whomever, the whole point was like, you got two weeks, make it count. So if you only had two weeks on this earth, after all the bad shit, and you still got to survive like my dad did after prison, what did he do with it? He tried raising a son, and he tried taking care of him, make it count, you know? And that's what I truly got from that. Mm -hmm. So, 9.8. Yeah, I like like I like the cyberpunk lore. Like I like from the game, like yeah. where it comes from. I don't know. I think the game that came out just really soured me on the well, whole all, thing. All the bugs and everything. See, I got lucky. I never once. Yeah, I had didn't. Bugs. I didn't get any of the. I only got the bug where when um, the Tanaka guy calls you, I couldn't answer. <laughs> it, it and that's when I realized that it's like, oh yeah, the, I don't know why it tells you to press a button to answer when they answer yeah. by themselves. Yeah, they don't do anything. But um. In the in the anime, I did like how David didn't really he didn't blame himself for his mom's no, death because it wasn't his fault and he knew like it. because a lot they would have done like oh you know maybe if I didn't if I would have just listened to her she wouldn't have to pick me up and we didn't have to be in that highway yeah. I'm glad that they didn't do that because most of the time they always like oh it's my fault. And they always have like the arc where it's just like everything would have been cool if I just would have wore red shoes instead of blue. And so when we when we create characters and stories, it's called survivability versus adaptability. Those who who have never been through really like a, like heavy heavy stuff, but they want to believe they do, they call themselves survivors. Those who have and have come through it, they call themselves adapters, because you don't survive anything. You have to adapt to a situation to push forward. Those who claim to be a survivor, they feel that they've reached an apex and they're trying to maintain that. To David, he is an absolute adapter. He's, he had his closure with his mom. He felt guilty and he was like, fuck it. Well, at the end of it, she, still, she was still a criminal. She wasn't working hard. She was just doing hard work. You know, as, as contradictory as that seems, like she was a cyberpunk. She was all these things and she was a thief. Well, she wanted me to not have this life, but look what happened no matter how much she did. What do I do? And he fell down that path. Now, if she was alive, she would have absolutely not wanted that for him. But a lot of people fall down that way. And it's a cautionary tale where like how ironic that a person that shares fables becomes the fable. You know what I mean? So, no, I, I totally agree with that. Like he, he didn't blame himself and he doesn't mm -hmm. do the thing like Attack on Titan. I'll get a lot of shit for this. It was one of the worst animes I've ever watched because of the kid. 
all he does is cry. It's all okay. He does. I don't like it that good. I thought you'd see that because I, of I, him. I love, I love the lore. I love the lore <laughs> of things, but the kid just cries and cries. And I, I have been a kid where I can never afford to cry because I've always had to be about myself. I left home at 13. So, I mean, like for me, I have no, I have no patience for that. But I've learned to not put my stuff on other people. Obviously, on real people, I don't have an opinion on that because I'm like, hey, man, you mourn the way that you need to. With an anime, I'm like, I have a pause and play button. I don't want to do this. But my <laughs> wife's like, God damn it, don't you touch that fat boy. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But, you know, and I think that that's where it is, man. So I didn't have a lot of the issues people did with the Cyberpunk game as far as, like, like the launch and this and that. Mm-hmm. I somehow got lucky with that. So I got to enjoy the story, and I really did take away from it of, like, dude, I've, I've had 10 funerals in two years. My dad being the most recent. And truth be told, I've seen what it's like in a cyberpunk world of like watching my family and my friends go the way they did and look at how positive life has turned out. I could have gotten sour about it mm-hmm. and I could have become the David, but I realized even though my mom left when I was a kid and even though my dad was rough when he was, they gave a shit and I chose to be like, you know what? I appreciate their hard work. I better, I better build on that goodwill. And so I, I see it more as a cautionary tale, even for V when no matter how you choose V V chose to like, become famous you know the whole mm-hmm. point of the game in the beginning is don't you want to become a legend you're gonna die by 30 but aren't you gonna be cool and you're like and by the end of the game you're like i, I don't want to be cool dude i want to be i want to live and it's like well we told you that and you didn't do it and so it's like i really appreciate that this anime did it in a very very tasteful way again like the shogi one even like the the, the kid that dies in the first one you know when they're trying to praise him in the first episode, he sneaks out the back with his friends. And he's like, I don't want the praise. I'm just trying to do right. You know what I mean? I love when they... And that's what a lot of anime is. is. It's not It's not just the fighting. It's not the titties. It's not the blood. <laughs> well, it's, there, there's always some kind of tone. Like in Dragon Ball, they, they fight all the time. It's always like, you know, don't be a dickhead. Yeah. Save the planet. Save your friends if Raise you can. Raise your kid, Goku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there is a lot of underlying tones of like you have people in education. You have people that do podcasts and stuff. And you're trying to share your love for something through a grievance, through an experience, through this, through that. And I think like when you have characters that know how to appreciate that and humble themselves at the end, that is when you have a good closure. You know what I mean? The one mm-hmm. thing I loved about All Star as a kid was Gene got to the end and all he did was try to help. All he did was try to help Melfina. At the end, no matter how much he was a thief, he was like, this is for her and this is what I'm doing. And so, you know, I think that that's really where it's at. And I like when you can see somebody come full circle on something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Same. But, Cool, man. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah. Is there anything you want to plug in before we wrap this up? My fucking phone. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> no, first and foremost, I don't think I hear anybody really say this on your podcast, but thank you guys for making the time. It takes a lot of time for you guys to do this and go out of your way because what you do professionally, what you do professionally, and even just your personal lives, man. Like, thank you for doing this shit. You know, I've been podcasting for fuck, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And people don't see like, all right, we got to take this day. We got to do this. We got to set up. Yeah. You have the conversation. And then when you're done, you're like, you're reflecting. And you're like, God, now I got to post it. Now I got it. And you do something with your guys' podcast that I think not a lot of people do is you put fucking chapters on things. Like you really like write yeah, down. That's, what... that's all, Cruz. I appreciate Pearl for being here. And that's why I always tell her like, talk more. People want to hear what you say. And she's like, no, they don't. It's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, they do. And Cruz is the one that does all the editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the most that I do is just handle the socials when I, when I can or when I remember to. You, I think what's great about you 
personally is you you go out of your way and i think your platform is awesome because i would have never watched the other two if it's not there because there's so much and when you when you own a shop like this the first thing is is did you see this did you see so i i have every week on top of like 30 drawings on top of invoicing on top of apprentices and my personal life i have 50 shows because we we get so many people that come here because we love talking to people we built the fucking bar for them just so they can come and just get away and not feel pressure you don't have to buy anything just hang out you guys really kind of try to get people to open up about that and i and i appreciate that because i think that you guys make people do what we do and it's not like forcefully but it's more of like hey give this a shot mm -hmm. you know if Nothing. you got some time do it and i think I, it's right you should definitely share your opinion more you and i don't agree at all on cyberpunk <laughs> but the great thing about it is that like you can have that conversation mm -hmm. and it's not toxic like how we were growing up mm -hmm. you know what i'm not a big fan of uh naruto fuck you you fat bastard you know he just starts fighting mm -hmm. like you said your your group of friends they kind of it's all for one and none for mm -hmm. all on that opinion thing but i think it's healthy to have these conversations because in no point when i hear you guys speak about your experiences with stuff and no point at all when we go ahead and talk about what we're doing and so when you have these shared experiences about stuff and you and you're able to voice your opinion someone's going to listen to this or any other podcast and hear you and be like you know what i i somebody gets it mm -hmm. somebody's going to hear you and go somebody gets it uh -huh. and i think that helps people now more than ever when anime nerds never talk to anybody in general now you put screens now you put all this up in the cyberpunk dystopia of like i don't have to interact with people i can just mm. do whatever i think it's better than ever now to have some a platform like this because you guys are helping especially a small community like salinas and south county not 831 because I, I i feel like people from here on this side <laughs> <laughs> they consider this Monterey County, but we're from the real Monterey County. And you guys are helping that area where people really need it the most because most of us come from families who work in the fields or do factory jobs or education. And they put so much work into trying to provide a home. We don't have a home. Yeah. And um, more power, you guys, dude. I fucking really appreciate that, dude. Because that, mm -hmm. that's coming from a kid who I try to do the same thing here because I didn't have anybody besides like one or two friends and maybe an imaginary dude that did me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys. Um, as far as yeah, thank as you. far as for plugging, man, um, we have the grand reopening on the fifteenth of October. That's in two weeks. That is going to be nine a.m. to four p.m. is an all ages uh, toy and comic show where people can come in and hang out. We'll have a, a Super Smash Brothers tournament, and then from six p.m. to midnight, we have a twenty-one plus Halloween party. Uh, costume is mandatory. And oh no. It will be, uh, the, oh, no. the main reason we do that is because, uh, there's a lot of cosplayers that come here, uh -huh. but they have that high school fear of like, what if I dress up and no one dresses up? Even if you come in and you have a just foil on your head, you know, it counts, it counts, it counts as long as people feel included. Just That's, do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just have fucking yeah. fun, man. But yeah. Because me and her are going to be here. We're going to be catching pokemon anyway so yeah dude i mean gonna stop by yeah and that's what it is just like just have fun there's no pressure there'll be food here some drinks and so forth um as far as other than that um if you're interested in any of the the family here from the the gals and guys that are part of sacred eight just at sacred eight studios and if you are at any cons especially monster mania um silicon valley comic con and or emerald city you can catch me um at brushes of doom tattooing there um on the uh premier floor yeah so thank you guys all for right yeah me. no thank you thank you yeah. bye